Well, good morning. Can we give our serve team a good hand clap this morning? Man, they do a good job. It's good to see y'all. If you are here for the first time, let me welcome you. Uh, my name is Jay. My wife, Stacy, and I are the pastors here at Journey. And I want to take a moment as well and welcome everybody who is joining us online right now. It's so great to have you tune in with us to be a part of this service today. And church family, can we give all of our guests and those joining us online a great big Journey Church welcome. I love it. Man, it feels, it feels like we've been gone forever, y'all. We actually took about four weeks off, and uh, we are blessed. We have a staff that says, Pastor Jay, you and Stacy, y'all need to just go. And so we have been at church all over the place. We went to Homa one Sunday, and I've got to tell you, you don't just go through, you're not just like, you know, driving along like, hey, let's just go through Homa. You have to want to go to Homa, okay? And we went there, and we're with some good friends. They have a great church there. We went uh, home and actually saw our, our, our families. Went to church with my mom and dad one Sunday uh, there in, in, not Dry Prom, but in Tioga. And last Sunday, we were with our friends in Lafayette at the family church. But it is, there's nothing like coming home, okay? And it is good to be back here. We're home, all right? We were gone for a couple of weeks, but we're home. And I got to tell you something. I heard that all the ones, Pastor Jeremy and Blake and Kelly and all these different ones that spoke while we were gone, I heard they did a pretty good job. Come on now, give it up for them. We got a great staff, y'all. We are very blessed as a church to have a tremendous staff here. And Stacy and I are just blessed to be able to go and, and have some time off to kind of recharge our batteries. And, uh, but it's always good to come home. Now, this is kind of a crazy day, all right? Uh, if you haven't been here in the last couple of weeks, it's kind of crazy because there's a lot going on today. It is Serve Team Sunday. And so you're going to see everybody wearing these really awesome shirts. And we're going to ask you to say yes. Everybody say yes. We're going to ask you to say yes to serving today. Here in a few moments, I'm going to talk to you about your giftings that God has placed within your life. But in the foyer, if you haven't been through there, we have all of our different serve teams set up. And we ask everybody here at Journey to, to pitch in and to be a part of what the Lord is doing here. Uh, don't be a consumer, but be a contributor. In other words, uh, we are all about being the hands and feet of Jesus here at Journey Church. And so we're going to ask you to get involved. And if you have not gone through the growth track, get plugged in. Go through the growth track. You heard Jeremy talk about that. Uh, join the serve team. You can actually go through the foyer here in a little bit. I'm going to dismiss you a few minutes early. And you guys can go find a place where you want to get involved and serve. And uh, we got a bunch of teenagers in the house today. They, they I, I don't know, they had like 80, 90 kids go to camp, something like that. I walked in the back, and this is the thought that it smells like kids from camp in here. Because... Uh, because they're just that camp smell that you have. Did y'all have fun? Yeah. Here's where it's all about. Did y'all have a good experience with Jesus? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about right there. Counselors survived? Y'all, y'all, okay. Notice the kids are all like, what's up? Counselors are like, who's there? I got good news to share with y'all before we jump into the message. A uh, couple things. First of all, uh, we actually, from the day that we launched Journey Church, we have been a church that's founded on prayer and fasting. And we always take two seasons of the year. We take January where we have prayer and fasting. And then we take, when we go back to school and we have a season of prayer, we're all praying in the same direction. 
Next Sunday, we begin seven days of prayers. Kiddos are going back to school. The parents are really excited about that. We're going to take some time, and we're going to pray. You will have the prayer focus on our social media, Instagram, Facebook, on our website. And that way, we're going to ask everybody to tune in, uh, get those focuses so that we are praying in the same direction. But next Sunday morning, we're jumping into a brand new series, uh, and we are going to be receiving communion, and we're going to kick off seven days of prayer next Sunday morning. And so uh, it's something that I always look forward to in January and in August. I always look forward to these seasons of prayer as a church because it's amazing all the things that God does. Now, a couple other now exciting things that have been transpiring over the last several months. Do y'all like, y'all like the coffee shop, right? Okay. Because coffee, pastries, all that kind of stuff, uh, a, a portion of each cell benefits missions, kiddos in Belize, outreach, things like that. We actually have been moving in the direction of opening the coffee shop during the week, Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. till 11. We hired a crew that's going to be working in there, uh, going to be a full-blown coffee shop during the week. And uh, that act, the grand opening for that is August the 6th. And so excited for that because what, what I really envision with that coffee shop is uh, moms being able to drop off kids at school and then coming here and, and hanging out and fellowshipping and doing a Bible study and, and the community utilizing the foyer and not only enjoying coffee but just enjoying the presence of the Lord. Because i got to tell you what, you walk up in this place, you just feel the presence of Jesus. Amen. Uh, and so that's going to be open on August the 6th. And then I threw something out there at y'all a couple months back, and some of y'all were kind of like, what? What's up with that? We actually, uh, we're, we're fooling here. Uh, did y'all notice? Nobody noticed. Okay. All right. Look at your neighbor and say, scoot over. They can't. We're full, y'all. Uh, so here's the deal. We needed some more space. And so what we decided to do was we wanted to plan a campus over in Watson. Y'all know it's been in our heart for quite some time to be a multi-site church. Uh, we've got some tremendous uh, staff people that are going to be able to jump in there and help. And so what we did was back in uh, April, we actually found a facility uh, there in Watson we signed a purchase agreement on it. We closed on it in May, and the uh, work actually began on it about a week ago. They're doing some demo work in there. We're getting the auditorium to look very similar to this one, actually. That auditorium will seat about 320 adults. We'll be able to accommodate about 100 kiddos there. And uh, so each week, the maximum capacity on that facility is about, about 400, 420. Journey standards, about 750, because uh, y'all know how we like to pack them in. Uh, but anyway, here's what's going on with that. We're looking to launch the Watson campus in March of 2020, or spring of 2020. And so, very excited. Come on, let's give Jesus a good hand clap. I'm going to give you all more information on this next week because a lot of people have asked how, we ca how can we participate. We're not doing you know, all this kind of crazy stuff, but a lot of people want to participate. So we're going to talk about that a little bit next Sunday. But i got to show you all because the architect finished the renderings of the building when we get through with it. And uh, y'all got to check this out. Look at the, what the front of the building is going to look like. Isn't that cool? Uh, that is the new facility. It's 9,115 square feet. Notice it kind of looks like this building because we wanted it to, to have some resemblance. And then this is the site plan. Check it out. Uh, that is the site plan. We're going to put in hard parking. There's the existing building. We have to dig a retention pond. Uh, good news about this facility, it did not flood in 2016. So that is good news. 
Now, there is a building. It does front. It's on Highway 16, but there is a building up front. That actually is Olivia Snowballs, and it's an inspection center. So, just saying, after church, snowballs. Jesus all over that, y'all. Okay, I'm just saying. So, uh, that's what's going on. And if all goes well, we'll be through with the construction by the end of the year. Architect is hoping to pull permits within about two weeks, but I need you. It's kind of cool as we're going into this seven days of prayer. This is what's coming our direction. So y'all get ready. Now, a lot of people want to know, like, because this was a rumor, Pastor Jay's leaving. He's going to Watson. Really? It's five miles away. Okay. It's like, so here's what you need to know. What's changing around here actually is I'm not going anywhere. I just like to preach. And uh, we're going we're gonna to go to two service schedule here, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. We're going to go to a 10 o'clock service there. And we're going to have staff at each location. And, and we're gonna, uh, I'm going to drive back and forth and preach each service just like we are doing right now, three services. Uh, somebody said, well, what if you got to go to second service there? We'll pray about it. I don't know. But... Uh, <laughs> It's really cool. God's doing some amazing things here at Journey in this community, and we just want to continue to be led by the Holy Spirit and, and used by Him in a tremendous way. So look at your neighbor and say, this is so exciting. Look back at him and say, you are blessed to be sitting next to me. That's right. All right, so... I'm going to give you some more information on all that next week, but here's where we are. If you have your Bible, you have your smartphone with your, uh, your, your Bible app, take it out. Go to the book of Matthew chapter 25. We've been in a series called Short Stories by Jesus, looking at different parables that Jesus told. And today, uh, I'm going to wrap this up with one of my favorite stories that Jesus told. It's actually one of the very first stories I ever told whenever I stepped off into ministry and I preached uh, a message on this particular parable. And here's the direction we're going to go in today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about giftings, but it's amazing to me that sometimes people have giftings in their life. They have resources that are available, and they don't use them. I'm reminded of whenever I was a teenager, I read a story, and it's always stuck with me. It was a story of a lady named Hetty Green. And the sto- about 1915, 1917, that era, uh, she was born in the 1800s into a wealthy family And her dad actually wanted her to be able to handle the wealth of the family. So by age six, she was able to read all the financials. Uh, She actually became very stingy in handling the money. And uh, let me ask you a question. If y'all in here, if you had money, would you use it? Who would say, I would use the money? Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. Like a couple of you. Really? Come on. (laughs) Now, I'm not talking like a hundred bucks. Okay. If you had millions, how many of you say, I'm using the money? Okay. That's what I thought. All right. Well, they had a millions, okay? And here's what happened. She was very stingy. In fact, here's how stingy she was. Her 21st birthday, she inherited a trust fund that had millions in it, but she would not let the people who wanted to light her birthday candles on her 21st birthday cake, she wouldn't let them light the candles because she did not want to waste the, the money for the candles. And so here's what happened. They finally talked her into lighting. She lit them, blew them out immediately, and returned them to the store for a refund. It's true, okay? She would not buy new clothes. She would not use the the heat in her house. In fact, it got so bad that her son broke his leg. She would not take him for medical treatment, and his leg got gangrenous, and they had to amputate his leg. Uh, She had a a bad hernia, and the hernia was going to cost about $115 to fix, 
but she would not waste the money on medical care. She would not buy new clothes. In fact, her nickname, because she would every day walk down to her bank and sit in the vault and count her money, and her nickname became in that area that she was known as the Witch of Wall Street because of the scowl on her face, because of the ragged clothes that she wore. Uh, she lived a life of misery. In fact, how much more worse can it get? Here it is. Uh, to save money, she ate raw onions for a meal. I know, that's disgusting. I hate onions. Uh, when she died, she left her kids an inheritance of $100 million. How many of y'all say, I'll use some of that money? Okay. And here's the crazy part. Her kids... Living that life of misery became some of the most generous people in that era. They gave away millions of dollars. I'm sure that she's rolling over in a grave. Gave away millions. But imagine that. Here's a tremendous gift, tremendous resources. She didn't enjoy any of it. She didn't use any of it. And How many times do we have resources available within our life that God has blessed us with? And we don't utilize them. Maybe even we cover them up within our life. Today's story actually is a, a story Jesus told about a master who called in his servants. And he started handing out resources them to, to the different servants based off of their abilities that they had within their lives. And I love this story because... You go through and you see that the master, he begins to, to hand out these resources. And I'm going to read through because this is a really cool story. I love it. But, but it's, it's kind of long. But check this out. Matthew 25, verse 14. We know this is the parable of the talents. And it says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. Now, simple arithmetic, you have five bags of gold, you put it to work, you gained five bags more, five plus five is Good job. All right. Let's see what happens. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. You have two bags of gold. You add two more to it because you put it to work for you. Two plus two is four. Okay. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. And after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. Now notice the way that these servants are talking to him. There's, an, there, there's kind of a, a mindset of honor and respect. Master, you've trusted me with this. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Look at the next part. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Look at the next part. Come and share in your master's happiness. Now check this out, okay? 
The way that these two servants talked to the master, there was a mindset of honor and respect. And here's what transpires. They take this money, these resources, this gift from this master, they put it to work, they double the money, and in the, uh, the mindset of honor and respect, they present it to the master. Master's very happy. He says, hey, listen, you're, you were blessed before, but man, you're about to be blessed. Come and share in, in happiness that, for your life. But then the guy who dug a hole, notice how he talks to the master. Verse 24, then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your gold in the ground and see here's what belongs to you. Uh, master, I, I, I was afraid, you're a hard man. Notice the other two did not say that. And I went and got, got a shovel. I dug a hole, and I buried your gold. Look at his response. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. That, that's not a good way for a conversation to start, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> so you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, it would have at least gained back some interest. So take the bag of gold from him, give it to the one who has ten bags, and whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that, look at the word, worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Notice that the servant, uh, I'm sorry, the master, it was not a situation where he was like, ah, it's okay, buddy, you know, it's not a big deal. He took it very, very serious I put these resources in your hands I expect for you to take good care of my resources and so today we're going to look at this parable this short story by Jesus in regards to the giftings that God has trusted into all of our lives because here's the thing all of us in this room need to understand that there are gifts in our life you go through the scriptures and you read you see all different types of gifts that God has. We see, we find different gifts from God. We find the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We find the five-fold gifts of the ministry. All these different gifts that are talked about throughout Scripture. And today what I want us to do, we need to understand whether you like it or not, God has gifts for your life. In fact, I want to read this verse to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7, when Paul writes, he says, but each of you has your own gift. Everybody say own gift. You have your own gift from God, one has this gift, another has that gift. In other words, throughout this room, there are all different types of gifts and talents that are available because God has placed and deposited within our lives different gifts and talents. So here's what we're going to do. I want to walk you through and help you understand some different things about the gifts. Everybody say gifts. Yeah. About the gifts that God has placed within your life. And here's the first thing. When you begin to understand that God has gifts that he has placed within my life, the first thing I want you to get is that God specifically fits each of us with those giftings. In other words, who knows you better than anybody else in this entire world? Somebody said it. God, okay? Be like, my wife, my husband? No, no. They know you, but God knows you. He knows everything about you. You know why he knows you so well? Not, not a trick question. Because he made you. He's your creator. 
And so he knows everything about you. He knows what uniquely makes you up. And as a result, he knows what type of gifts need to be deposited within your life. And as a result, he specifically fits you with giftings that he wants to be utilized to build his kingdom. I I love that verse we just read, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. Because whenever you go through and you read that and it says, each of you has your own gift from God. I like the way that the King James Version lists that. And the reason why is because it uses the, the phrase that each person has their own proper gift. Everybody say proper gift. Here's why that's so important is because whenever you understand with that type of phrase that God specifically has fitted you with giftings within your life. And I want you to get this. God fitted you with exactly what you need to make a difference within this world. And so many times we're trying to do things outside of the giftings that he has given us within our life. And that's why sometimes it it doesn't feel like a a good fit. You're trying to do something. You're like, I feel like I'm forcing myself to do this. Well, here's the question. Is that really your gifting? Are you really fitted within that area? It's kind of like this. Have you ever put on something that did not fit? Okay. Maybe you get a shirt out of the closet, you put it on, and you've lost so much weight. (laughs) We're going in that direction, okay? We're not going the other way, all right? And and you've lost so much weight, it's just hanging on you, and you got to go get another shirt because you you just lost so much weight. We had a situation years ago, one of the guys that I hunt with, uh, Mr. Carol Clark, uh, loved Mr. Carol. He's just a lot of fun to be around. And for several years, Carol and I, we had the same hunting outfit. We had a, a, a jacket and, and these rain pants that we would, when we would get in the boat to go out to go duck hunting. That's, yeah. That was a duck feather. Fell. They're, they're scared already. Yeah. So we, we get in a boat. We go out to go hunting. Well, it was the first hunt of the year, and we came in. We hadn't really put on our gear or anything like that. And I came in, had my duffel bag with me and my gun and all that, and I sat it down there in the living room at the camp. And I had my jacket, and I threw it on the, on the uh, sofa, and I hung up my, my rain pants. Well, somehow in, in the, you know, the, the getting ready and all that kind of stuff, Mr. Carroll grabbed my jacket, and I grabbed Mr. Carroll's jacket, And the difference is that Mr. Carroll, his jacket is an extra large. And my jacket is a... It's a little bit larger. And so I remember remember this. We were in the camp, and I put that jacket... It was the first time I put it on that year. Hadn't worn it since the previous hunting season. I put it on, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Did I really get that fat? (laughs) how much pie did I eat at Thanksgiving, you know? And I wore that jacket. I'm not kidding you. I wore that jacket for weeks hunting, and I'm like, man, I got to lose some weight. (laughs) And putting it on, trying to, you know, it's tight in the shoulders and tight across the belly and uh, go out and, you know, trying to raise up to shoot and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, man, this is crazy. Well, lo and behold... We were back at the camp weeks later, and somehow I picked up my jacket, and I put it on. I'm like, well, man, did, what? I just lost a whole lot of weight, you know? And Mr. Carroll, he's like, 
he, I said, Mr. Carroll, did, what, what's going on here? He said, well, you know, I was thinking whenever I put that jacket, I've been wearing it the last several weeks. I was thinking, man, I'd lost a lot of weight. And I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, I said, we, we switched jackets and we were wearing the, the wrong jacket. And he was like, well, man, I was really feeling good about myself. I'm like, I'm like well, I was feeling really bad about myself. But have you ever put something on that, that didn't fit? And that's exactly so many times what happens with, with our giftings. We try to stretch out and do things that maybe is not fitted for us and it feels unnatural for us. And the reason why, think of how much we would thrive if we would really run with the giftings that God has placed within our life. Let me give you an example of that. I, I love to preach. I love to teach. It's one of those things that I just, I just like to do, but I also like to sing. And uh, I, I do. And I sing in my truck and that's about it. And in the shower, because my wife, she's very gifted in that area. She was a music teacher for years and she would tell me, that's not your gifting, you know? As the saying goes, stay in your lane. Those giftings that God has placed within your life, he specifically fit you with those giftings because he knows you, okay? Here's the next thing that you need to get, and this is serious. Remember the story that we just read, how serious the master was whenever he came back and found out that one of his servants had squandered what he had put within his life, is you need to understand that God expects me to use my giftings, okay? He expects me to use my giftings. When that master came back, he was fully expecting that that servant would have used that gift, that resource that he placed within his life. 1 Peter 4.10 puts it like this. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now leave that verse up. Let's go through this. Look at that. It says, each of you what? Okay, some of y'all getting on. Each of you, not just should, let's say should use. Each of you, there you go. You should use the gifts that God has placed within your life. You might say, well, what kind of gifts are those, Pastor Jay? Well, let's just say you have the, the gift of encouragement. Let's say you have the gift of compassion, the gift of grace. Let's just say that you are a people person. Let's just say that, that whenever you're with somebody, God opens the door for you to be able to minister to that person. Are you going to take the opportunity to use the gifts that God has placed within your life to build that person, encourage that person, love on that person, or are you not going to use those giftings at all? Are you going to let that opportunity pass you by? Because Peter specifically writing here and saying, hey, you need to utilize what God has placed within your life because you can make a difference in this world. And you need to get something right now. As the church, we are called to make a difference in this world. You get that? That's good stuff. That's a good place to say, amen, Pastor Jay. <laughs> Here's the deal. As the world, we're not, as the church, we're not called to fit in with this world and be like the world. As the church, we're called to be like Jesus. And as a church, we're called to love people like Jesus. Amen? And as a church, we're called to serve people wherever, wherever we're here on the weekend or whether we're at Walmart or work or at Oak Point or wherever we find ourselves. Wherever you are, reflect Jesus and love people and serve people and watch the Holy Spirit swing that door open wide for you to be able to minister to somebody. You never know. You might have an opportunity to lead that person to Jesus, to see that person step into relationship with God simply because you opened your heart up to use the giftings that God has placed within your life. Amen?
So you need to get that. God expects me to use the giftings that he has placed within my life. But how many times do we cover those giftings up? How many times do we say, you know what? That sounds good, but no. We just cover them up. We let somebody else. You know, there's other people that will get to that. Somebody else will take care of that. Somebody else will pray with that person. Somebody else will show that person compassion. How about this? Here on the weekend, somebody else will park that car. Somebody else will help that that person find a seat on Sunday morning. Somebody else will walk that person to children's church. Somebody else will fix a cup of coffee. And we cover up that gift of hospitality, that, that love, that grace, that mercy, that gift of encouragement. We cover it up. I'm reminded back whenever the boys were little, how they just loved band-aids whenever they were little. They go running to mama, mama, I got a bobo. And mama would kiss that bobo, and she'd break out the, the band-aids. And mama got fancy at one point. She, you know, you can get that, that box of like good value band-aids. You get like a billion of them for like 99 cents. And uh, mama said, you know what? We're going to get the good band-aids. We're going to get the ones with SpongeBob, ones with superheroes. Some of them were camouflage. And uh, the next thing you know, the boys, when they, they were little, they had band-aids all over them. Okay? I'm like, what? Well, you know, what's going on here? Well, I got a little bobo. Well, what happened? I got another bobo. I'm like, ain't nothing wrong with you. You rub some dirt on that. You got Band-Aids all over you. You look, you look like, you, look like you, you need to go to the hospital or something, but ain't nothing wrong with you. How about this? That's all Stacey said. You know how you break this? You start putting Dora the Explorer Band-Aids on them. <laughs> take care of that problem real quick. Get some Barbie Band-Aids. Hey, uh-uh, okay? And, and here's the deal. I had to explain to the boys, Band-Aids don't do anything. They don't fix a bobo, which you ain't got a bobo anyway, Okay. All a Band-Aid does is cover it up, right? And how many times as we go through life do we say, well, you know what? I've got this gift. I've got this talent, but I'm just going to cover it up. I'm not going to utilize it. I'll let somebody else do this. I'll let somebody else handle that. And guess what? You need to get this in your heart. God expects us to use the giftings that he has placed within our life. This story is a good illustration of that because the master fully expected that when he came back, that the, the servant would not have covered up his gift, would not have covered up his resource with dirt, but he would have utilized it. Let's make sure that in our life we're not covering up the things that God has placed within our life. Well, Pastor Jay, I, I just don't understand why this is such a big deal. Well, here's why it's a big deal. Because God blesses me with gifts for his glory, his honor, so that they can be used to bring glory to his name. So that those giftings can help point people to Jesus. So that as a church, we can make a difference in this world for God. In fact, here's the thing. You remember in the story, whenever the the master's talking with the servants and the ones who utilize the gifts that he placed within their life, and he says this to them, come and share in your master's happiness. In other words, not only was it a blessing to the master, but it was also a blessing to them. You want to hear something really cool? I'm just going to tell you straight up. Not only does it bless God when we use our giftings, but it's also a blessing to us. 
It is a tremendous blessing within our life whenever we are able to step out and be, as we like to say here at Journey, when we are able to step out and be the hands and feet of Jesus to people all around us. Now, here's the cool thing about this. The servant's usage in the story uh, of the giftings not only brought the master increase, but it made him happy. Think about how much it blesses the heart of God whenever we step out and we utilize the giftings that he is fit for our lives when we utilize those giftings in a way that are a blessing to other people, it makes God happy. And here's the thing. It brings honor and glory to him because it also increases his kingdom. Think about what the Bible talks about whenever somebody comes to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It literally talks about in Scripture how the angels celebrate. Well, there, there literally is like a, I would envision it as like a party in heaven because people come to know Christ. When you u- utilize the giftings that he has placed within your life to help draw people to Jesus, it makes the heart of God happy, but I would imagine that all of heaven celebrates as well. So here's the question. Are you going to use the gifts and talents that God has placed within your life for God's glory? Or, or are you just going to cover them up? Are you going to pretend like they're not there? Are you going to say, you know what? Somebody else will get to that. Somebody else will take care of that. Somebody else will do that. Because as the body of Christ, all of us, look at your neighbor and say, all of us, every single one of us, we are all called to action. There's not any of us that get a pass on this. He's like, you know what? God's not up in heaven saying, everybody else will take care of that. You get a pass. No, no. We are all called. We are all ministers. We are all servants of God when we choose to step into the family of God. So here's what I want to ask you to do. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to think about this. Is that today you have an opportunity to say yes. You can say yes to serving. You can say yes to using your gifts to bring God glory. You can say yes to understand and know that God has specifically fit you with gifts and talents. You might say, well, Pastor, well, what are the ways that I can say yes? Well, you can say yes by participating in seven days of prayer. You can say yes by going through the growth track. You just heard Jeremy talk about that a few minutes ago. That You can go through our, our membership class, which is the first step. Then you can go through the, uh, the next one, which will help disciple you and grow you in your relationship with the Lord. And then you can also go through it in step three and and find out what are the gifts and talents that God has for me. You have been specifically fit by God with gifts and talents to benefit the people around you. And it will also be a benefit to you. So today we encourage you to say yes. Father, we love you. You're good to us. And thank you that as we look at a story like this in Scripture... Jesus, you told this story in a way to encourage us. But, Father, you also told this story in a way to challenge us, a way to to prod us to action. Not to sit back and grow comfortable in our faith, but, Father, to continue to grow each and every day in our walk with you. And, Father, I thank you for every person in this room, every teenager in this room. And, Father, they're not here today by mistake or accident. They're here because you purposed them to be here. And Father, today I pray that it would rest within our heart. We would be stirred up to utilize our gifts and talents to bring honor and glory to your name. And today, before you open your eyes, there's some of you in this room right now that need to say yes to Jesus for the first time. You've never surrendered your life to Christ. 
Maybe you've tried all the, the, the things that in your mind seem to be right. Well, I, I'm, I'm trying to be a good person. I'm trying to be religious. I, I, I'm trying to, to do this and that. And the reality is you need to know something. Religion's not going to get you in heaven. Your works are not going to get you in heaven. Only a relationship with Jesus Christ will get you into heaven. Jesus said it simply, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There is no way other than me. And you need to know that today, if you've not surrendered your life to Jesus, that we like to think of going to heaven and how amazing it's going to be, and that is a fact. But you also need to recognize that there's a, another area that we don't like to think about, and it's that hell's just as real and just as horrific. And so today, would you surrender your life to Christ, maybe for the first time, and let his love and his forgiveness wash through your life and begin to walk out the purpose that he has for you? And if you say yes, I, I want to pray with you here in just a moment, but there might be other people in this room that maybe your relationship that you once had with God has gotten to the place where you kind of pushed it to the back burner. You kind of put it on the shelf. And today, if you were honest with yourself and you were honest with God, you had a relationship with God at one point, but today your heart's kind of gotten cold. And today you recognize the need of renewing your relationship with Jesus and letting your relationship with him and your commitment to him be renewed all over again. Today, if that's you, I want to pray with you as well. Now, here's what I want you to know. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I honestly believe that this is a moment between you and the Lord. But I love to know who I'm praying for. And so with every eye closed, every head bowed, today if you say yes to that, Pastor Jay, I, I fully receive that. I need to give my heart to Jesus. I need to say yes to Jesus for the first time. Or I need to renew my commitment to Christ. It's time for me to get my life right with him all over again. If that's you today and you want to be a part of this prayer, I'm going to ask you to do something for me if you would. I want you to raise your hand in the air and let me see it. And as you raise your hand, I want you to open your eyes and look at me because I want to meet you eye to eye. I see you right here, sir. That's awesome. Right here, young man. Is there anyone else? I see you right over here. Right here. Right here. Awesome. Is there anyone else? Don't miss this. I see you right here, sir. Awesome. If this is your moment, don't pass this up. Don't say, oh, I'll get to it later. No, the Bible says that right now is the time of salvation. If the Holy Spirit is stirring your heart, now is that moment to move, to take action. Is there anyone else before we pray together? Let's see you right back here. Now, I'm going to lead you in this prayer, and this is your prayer. I'll give you the words, but this is your prayer. You connect with God right there where you are. And everybody in this room is going to pray with you because they love you. They want to encourage you. And so, let's pray together. Everybody in this room, pray loud enough where you can hear with your own ears. I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. You went to the cross for me. You paid the price for my sin because you loved me. And today, by faith, I receive what you did. I admit to you that I am a sinner. And today, I ask for your forgiveness. I repent for the sins in my life. And Jesus, through your precious blood, today make me brand new. I surrender my life to you. I give you everything that I am. And Jesus, 
come live in my heart. Be my Savior. Today I confess that you are my Lord. You are my Master. And I thank you so much for your mercy, your grace, for your forgiveness. And Jesus, thank you for letting me be a part of your family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God's good. Amen. Can we give him a good hand clap today? Now, I know the tendency is as soon as we dismiss a service, everybody wants to run out, but I'm going to ask you to hang tight just for a second because there's something I want us to pray about before we all leave out of here. I'm going to dismiss you in a moment. I'm going to ask you to say yes to the serve team. Go get, uh, be a part of a team. Don't cover up those gifts and talents that God has placed within your life but utilize them to serve others and to minister to people. Uh, great teams that we have. I, I'm not going to name any of them because they're all great. Uh, but there is one team out there. They have my picture up on the table. Don't let that scare you away, okay? I'm just saying. But here's what we're going to do. In a moment, as we dismiss, go into the foyer, find a place to serve, find a place to get involved because we all need to do our part. And... Uh, as we conclude this service, I'm going to open up this altar area. Some of our prayer team is going to be here, and they're here for you. They want to pray with you. They want to talk with you. They want to talk with you if you surrendered your heart to Jesus today about your next steps in your walk with Christ. But before we leave, it, it's kind of been, uh, we were talking about this yesterday. We went to a funeral service for a dear friend yesterday. It's kind of been a rough summer with a lot of, a lot of loss. We have quite a few families within this church who have lost loved ones. Um, the Payne family, uh, the Strawbridge family, uh, the Garden Hire family, uh, the Bourne family, the, the Coburn family. Uh, there's a lot of families in this church who have had loved ones that they, they lost this summer. Uh, most people know the story of, of Miss Stephanie who stepped into eternity just this past week. And we went to her service yesterday, tremendous service that honored her life up in Ruston. And uh, today I wanted us if we could just take a moment and pray for all of these families who have lost loved ones. So can we stand to our feet and can we join together in prayer? Let's pray together. Father, you are so good. We honor you and thank you for your presence today. And Lord, we lift up all the families who have lost loved ones, Lord God. And Father, I thank you that as Scripture tells us that you bring a peace into our life through the Holy Spirit that we don't simply understand. And I pray that right now that peace will be so real and so evident within all these loved ones' lives, Lord God. Father, I pray that you would hold them close, that you truly would be a strength to them, Lord God, uh, as they go through this, this process of mourning, that, Holy Spirit, every step of the way, you prove how faithful you are to them. And, Father, I thank you for surrounding them with people who would encourage them, love on them, and minister to them, Lord God. And, Father, I thank you for the, the families that we have here at Journey, Lord God, that as a, as a church, we truly are family. And Father, I pray that we would be that to them during this time of loss. Lord, we love you today. We thank you so much for who you are within our lives and how faithful you are to us. We give you praise today in Jesus' name. What's everybody say together? Amen. Amen. Now here's what we're going to do. Head on out, find a place to serve, and don't ever forget this. We don't just go to church. Love you guys. Be blessed. We will see you back here this next week.